What's up everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Da Vinci Cases. Alright, so the way this works is we've got a clinical case followed by a board style question. So we're going to go through the question stem, point out the relevant clinical findings, take a look at the question and the answer choices, and then kind of divert for a minute and go through the relevant concepts to answering the question. Then we'll come back and apply those concepts that we went over to answering the question. Alright, so for this case we've got a 67 year old man, so an older man, is admitted to the intensive care unit or the ICU with the following vitals. He has a temperature of 38.3 degrees Celsius, so he's febrile. He has a heart rate of 108, so he's uh, tachycardic. And then his blood pressure is 60 over 48, so he's severely hypotensive. This is uh, very serious and needs to be dealt with. It's probably one of the major reasons he's being admitted to the ICU. Respiration is 30, which is very, very high. Um, and then O2 sat is 81%. So this guy's in respiratory failure. He's in severe hypotension, so he's probably in shock of some kind. Um, and then he's febrile as well. Physical exam reveals bilateral crackles, so he could be developing some edema, could also be having a, a bilateral pneumonia developing potentially as well. Um, either way, his lungs are not in great shape. Um, there's about eight milliliters of urine, urinary output from his Foley catheter. So this eight milliliters is not very much, so he's got minimal urinary output. So that tells us that uh, his kidneys are likely not getting the perfusion they need, developing acute kidney injury. A chest x-ray demonstrates multifocal pneumonia. So there you go. So um, he has pneumonia, which could be one of the sources of all of this. We just have to keep uh, reading on to see. And then a urinalysis taken uh, from the Foley catheter reveals renal tubular epithelial cells. So this is not normal to see renal tubular epithelial cells. These are cells that have probably uh, become necrotic and died off and then been sloughed off into the urine. Um, so he, this is usually a result of necrosis, which is due to ischemia. So in this, in this case, this patient probably has some type of septic shock. And then he also has acute hypoxic respiratory failure. Hypo acute meaning it's happening suddenly uh, over a short period of time. He's hypoxic, 81% O2 set, and he's going into respiratory failure. So, as a result of that, the patient is intubated, started on vancomycin and piperacillin tazobactam, also known as zosin. Whenever you start someone on vancomycin and uh, piptazo, those are what's called empiric antibiotics because you don't necessarily know what the bug is yet or what the bacteria is that's causing it. So you start those to kind of cover a broad range of uh, bacteria that could be causing the pneumonia. Also given IV normal saline, so you're looking for fluid resuscitation to help bring up the blood pressure, help increase perfusion to organs. So three hours later, the ICU team finds that the patient's blood pressure has improved to 97 over 63. So the IV fluids have helped somewhat with the blood pressure. This is still not great, but it's a lot better than 60 over 48, which is what they came in. However, the patient still has minimal urine output measuring 7 milliliters. So even though they've given IV fluids to help increase perfusion, you're still not getting good perfusion to the kidneys because they're not putting out much urine. We'll keep that in mind later when we kind of try to decipher the cause of the acute kidney injury. The patient's serum creatinine and blood ure urea nitrogen, or BUN, on admission, 2.1 milligrams per deciliter, which is uh, significantly elevated. The normal range here is 0.70 to 1.30. 
for the creatinine, and then 21 milligrams per deciliter, which is the BUN, uh, which is actually relatively in the normal range. You have 6 to 24 is the normal range. So the medicine resident taking care of this patient reviews the patient's labs and calculates the fractional excretion of sodium, or the FENA, to be 2.3%, which is pretty uh, increased. And we'll go over this in a little more detail uh, a little bit later in the case. So the question's asking, which of the following is the most likely cause of this patient's acute kidney injury? So given a number of clinical features here, a number of labs, some physical exam findings, you got to kind of put this all together. This case is really about kind of putting the whole picture together. So let's summarize the key findings like we usually do. This is an elderly man with fever and tachycardia, hypotension, and acute hypoxic respiratory failure who's admitted to the ICU. He has bilateral crackles on lung oscillation, and then a chest x-ray that follows it up, suggesting septic shock secondary to multifocal pneumonia. His blood pressure somewhat improves after IV fluid resuscitation, but the urinary output does not improve uh, after given IV fluids. His BUN creatinine ratio, which is kind of used to assess not only renal function, but kind of the etiology of an acute kidney injury, it's one of the kind of lab ratios that's used, is 10 over 1. And the way we got to that is, again, it's BUN divided by the creatinine. So the BUN in this case is 21. So you have 21 divided by 2.1, which is equal to 10 to 1. So that's how we got there. 10 to 1 is normal. So this actually didn't affect the BUN ratio. However, the FENA is significantly increased, indicating that the etiology is likely either intrinsic renal, meaning it's an actual injury to the kidney itself, or post-renal, meaning that it's an obstruction. Um, it's less likely that it's pre-renal. Pre-renal, usually the FENA is less than 1%, and we'll go over why that is in a second. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break from the case right now to let you know that DaVinci Cases is brought to you by DaVinci Academy, which provides online video courses for the medical basic sciences. These courses are taught using a variety of teaching methods, including bullet point outlines, diagrams, radiology images, and chalk talks to explain the fundamental concepts. We then teach the application of those concepts to numerous clinical pearls that are frequently tested on medical school exams and the USMLE. Our video courses are available on our website, dviacademy.com, as monthly subscriptions starting at $9.99 per month. Each video course has a corresponding outline format textbook as well. You can find the link to our website in the description below. Also be sure to use the discount code DC20 to receive 20% off any of our video courses. Now back to the case. So again, we've gotten to that this patient has an acute kidney injury in the setting of septic shock, likely due to pneumonia. You have to decipher whether it's pre-renal, intrinsic renal, or post-renal. So pre-renal azotemia, this is usually due to kidney hypoperfusion. This could be due to a number of different things. Volume de depletion, which could just be dehydration. You know, for example, someone just isn't having the proper PO intake over a prolonged period of time. could be due to hemorrhage. So you can see this in trauma patients. Hypotension. You can also see it in patients that just have prolonged lack of perfusion due to heart failure, liver failure, renal artery stenosis. What all these have in common is they lead to kidney hypoperfusion, which leads to elevation of the BUN out of proportion to the creatinine. So then what you see is an increased BUN to creatinine ratio. Now remember, our patient in the case has a normal BUN to creatinine ratio. That finding actually suggests that it's not as likely to be pre-renal. Also, the FENA is less than 1%, which is indicates increased 
sodium reabsorption. Because you remember, most of your sodium is reabsorbed about roughly 95%, but if you're excreting even less than 1%, that means you've actually increased the amount of sodium you're reabsorbing. And this makes sense. If, you're, if the kidney feels like it's getting hypoperfused, as a reaction to that, it starts increasing reabsorption of, of even more sodium. Remember, water follows sodium, so you're hope, the kidney is essentially helping rehydrate the body in a way, if you will. Usually, especially since this is due to hypoperfusion, it usually improves with IV fluids, especially if it's due to volume depletion. If you just don't have the effective circulating volume, if you increase that with IV fluids, usually it improves it. And so again, it's all about getting the proper perfusion here into the glomerulus so that you can get uh, filtration. Usually, if you remember the, the forces that kind of affect this, so you have your, your pressure that's hydrostatic, and then you have your pressure that's osmotic, you know, your hydrostatic pressure helps push filtrate through the capillaries here. Now, if this is decreased due to hypoperfusion, that's where, you know, this all kind of stems from. Acute tubular necrosis is a type of intrinsic renal failure, is due to acute ischemia and necrosis of the renal tubular epithelial cells. So it's a key here. It's not just ischemia because pre-renal azotemia over time can lead to ischemia and then even can then, as we say here, further progress to ATN. The key here is, is that you have significant ischemia you've you've gone it's kind of for comparing angina to a myocardial infarction angina you have decreased perfusion which is just like what you have in pre-renal azotemia myocardial infarction you actually have ischemia and necrosis of myocardial tissue it's the same thing here you actually have ischemia you've, it's progressed to the point where it's acutely so bad the perfusion is cut off so significantly in such an, a short period of time in some cases that you develop ischemia and then necrosis of renal tubular epithelial cells. As a result, since you're losing those cells, they're dying off, your reabsorptive capacity of sodium is going to be decreased. So you actually see a phena of more than 2%. Um, and this is, again, due to decreased reabsorptive function. BUN and creatinine reabsorption are actually proportionally decreased because you're just losing that functional. That's how you get to a normal BUN-creatinine ratio. So even though the values are increased, especially in the creatinine, they're usually due to that the fact that they're both affected their reabsorption is both affected you can also see plus or minus muddy brown cast this is pathognomonic for atn if you see this if you don't see it it doesn't necessarily mean you don't have atn you can also see renal tubular epithelial cells in the urine so you see that in our patient starting to look that that is likely what the causes of the patient's aki this also does not improve with iv fluids because the damage has already been done you're not going to re reperfuse this organ because a lot, you know, these cells have already died off. You know, you can recover from ATN, but it takes a significant period of time, you know, weeks to a month versus, you know, you're not going to give IV fluids and in a matter of hours see improvement. We saw that with our patient. They got IV fluids. Sure, their blood pressure improved, but their renal function did not improve, which then points towards ATN. This is very common in ICU patients because ICU patients are usually very sick. They usually have multiple medical problems going on that are, you know, affecting the, their overall perfusion. And so again, all of these tend to point to that this is likely the cause in our patient. And so again, although you can have decreased renal blood flow, it's got to get to the point where these cells kind of die off. You know, they kind of die off, you lose that reabsorptive function, and then the cells kind of die off and, and then are sloughed off into, to, into the urine, and that's where you end up seeing them in a urine analysis. Post-renal, so if you look, here's your kidneys here, here's your ureters coming down like this, 
here's your ureter here and then here's your ureter here we'll just mark that with you and then it comes into the bladder here so anywhere along the ureters or the bladder usually to see post renal luckily one kidney can function without the other um, you see that with kidney transplant patients it's usually causing obstruction of urinary flow from both kidneys so usually it's going to be a more distal so you could either see it actually in you know affecting the urethra such as benign prostatic hyperplasia because remember that uh, surrounds the prostatic portion of the urethra and that leads to backup of fluid into the kidneys and even cause hydronephrosis Often you'll see this with urinary or pelvic cancers that compress on these structures. You can see it with uh, pretty bad stones, especially if it's on both sides. You can also see it with congenital malformations of this tract that make this individual susceptible to obstruction or even just have a congenital obstruction. FENA is usually greater than 2% in these patients as well. So if we come back to the case here, we've got a patient with septic shock plus acute hypoxic respiratory failure, plus acute kidney injury. And so what we're really, what this question is getting at is what is the cause of the AKI? So if we go through the answer choices here, acute tubular necrosis, again, is, is most likely the answer. We'll go through the rest of the answer choices just to confirm. But again, this patient has acute ischemia, necrosis of renal tubular epithelial cells, which you've seen in the urine analysis. His FENA is greater than 2%. He has a normal BUN over creatinine ratio. We see re renal tubular epithelial cells in the urine. His renal function did not improve with IV fluids. And again, ATN is very common in ICU patients, so this all seems to fit. Prerenal azotemia, again, is kidney hypoperfusion. If it happens over a long period of time, that can lead to ATN. But again, it's kind of that comparison of angina versus myocardial infarction in the heart. You know, anginas decrease perfusion, but it doesn't lead to necrosis versus ATN is actual necrosis of kidney cells. Prerenal azotemia is kind of analogous to angina. It's decreased perfusion. And again, like we said, it usually improves with resuscitation with IV fluids. Obstruction from a bladder mass. Yes, you know, the FENA is, would be consistent with that, but you can't just go off one lab value alone. Um, there's really no other indications here that he has a urinary mass. There's no painless hematuria. There's no history of cancer. There's no any type of other indication, you know, no history of congenital malformations or anything like that that would indicate that there's an obstruction. Renal artery stenosis, again, like we mentioned, is a you know, chronic decreased perfusion of the kidney. This can certainly lead to prerenal azotemia, which eventually could progress to acute tubular necrosis. One, there's no mention of history of renal artery stenosis. And two, the picture of ATN fits more, seems to be more likely here. Lastly, vancomycin toxicity. Sure, vancomycin toxicity can lead to kidney failure. It's possible, but again, remember the patient had minimal urinary output and renal epithelial cells seen on your analysis before they even received vancomycin. Remember, if you go back up here, so this is where we talked about him receiving vanco and piptazo, but before that, they took the urine analysis, um, and, they had, and they actually measured his urinary output to be 8 milliliters. And so uh, this was already a problem before even getting the vancomycin may have made it worse, but it certainly wasn't the root cause. And so again, this is a patient that has developed septic shock, that has led to acute tubular necrosis, leading to acute kidney injury. All right, that's all I have for you this time. Be sure to check out all the Da Vinci Cases videos available on our YouTube channel and our website, dviacademy.com. The PDF notes for every Da Vinci Cases is also available on our website. 
Also be sure to check out our podcast, The Da Vinci Hour, where we interview attendings and residents across medicine to learn more about their experiences, their specialties, and to get their insights on navigating a career in medicine. You can find The Da Vinci Hour podcast on our website or any platform where podcasts are found. Lastly, you can find all of our video courses and corresponding outline format books on our website. Don't forget to use the discount code DC20 for 20% off.